Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. This is the New Jersey, New York, East Rutherford Supercross wrap-up. Whatever you want, pick one. BTOsports.com, great guys. Use the code PULPMX when you check out to save yourself money with those. Guys, a BTO Sports KTM team of Andrew Short, who just broke his kneecap, and Justin Brighton, who broke his throttle in New York. So uh, use the code PULPMX to save yourself money. OEM parts now available there. Brand new stuff, the latest, greatest from uh, the folks at BTOsports.com. We thank them for, uh, for being the sponsor of this podcast and making it happen. And, of course, presented by Fox Racing, foxhead.com. Uh, brand new stuff out now over there. Check it out. All new redesigned mountain bike gear as well, which I'm into. And uh, foxhead.com. Visit your local authorized Fox dealer. Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon. They choose Fox. Why don't you? Okay. All right. Hey, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line is uh, my boss, the RacerX online editor, slowly inching his way onto NASCAR, the Jason Wygant. Nope. I was in New Jersey for Supercross this weekend, and I'll be in Vegas for Supercross the next. And then I'll be at an Enduro Cross and an Arena Cross, and then uh, 12 Motocross Nationals, maybe even some Loretta Lynn's. Still on the two wheel side. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, also on the line, uh, Fly Racing Zone, Western Power Sports. Uh, he was in New York, New Jersey. He's former top privateer in the sport. The Jason Thomas. I was there, and I am nowhere near NASCAR, so I feel like I'm a little bit more core than Wigan at this point. I feel like I look. I feel like I look like a NASCAR driver, so I'm maybe closer than either one of you. Two. Tony Stewart, maybe Ryan Newman. Uh, yeah, pa- yeah, I get, I, I could go along with that. Not Jimmy Johnson or Carl Edwards. You're definitely no Jimmy Johnson. That's no, for sure. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Uh, and when I talk to Jimmy, we'll talk about that. Um, oh yeah, coming soon, huh? Any day now. Look, it's oh, Wednesday. Okay. It's Wednesday. We usually do these on Sunday. Uh, we all traveled back in various states of not feeling like doing anything on Sunday, and then we kind of didn't want to do it on Monday. And Weed, you were MIA, and then I don't know. No, no, my voice was MIA. Your, my voice was literally yeah. Um, this is literally MIA. Yeah, your voice yeah. was MIA. It, 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 it was tough to do. We weren't going to do it, but then. You know what? Let's say we were just waiting for the stew news to drop. That's that'll That's work, right. right? Yep. Yep. So, so you're getting you're getting a two for one. We'll do some New York review, and then we'll do a stew reaction on stew, whose appeal was denied. Um, I just announced it was supposed to be announced on the fifteenth. Uh, of course, uh, in standard FIM tradition, it is announced on the 29th or twenty eighth, anyways. And um, so stew uh, stew's denied. So we'll, we'll cover that a little bit too in our uh, in our pod um, and. Yeah, should be should be a good time. Thanks everybody for listening. BTOsports.com and Fox 
Racing, bringing you this podcast. Okay, let's start, um, first of all, with the New York Supercross right off the bat. Daytime format, JT, go. I liked it. I think, uh, you know, there are pluses and minuses of it. You know, the as you have uh, most eloquently, eloquently put, the opening ceremonies were not as great. <clears throat> um, just all the cool lights and fireworks and things that they have uh, designed uh, to build hype, you know, into it, they just kind of get lost in the, the sunlight and the shadows, really. You know, it's still cool, but it's not the same feel. Um, I'll be honest, normally Supercrosses during opening ceremonies, I'm, I get excited. You know, even if I'm just dragging at the event, I still get excited during that time. And, and that really wasn't the case this weekend. The, uh, the um, uh, Tomac Arrow video, I mean, come on. Yeah, all of that stuff. Um, I just think that they do a great job typically, and it's not that they didn't. This weekend you just can't see it as much, and the the effect isn't there. Uh, but I do like being done earlier. I think it changed, um, you know, in a, in a series where it's just the same thing every Saturday. It, it changed up the, the vibe and the feel and the time frame and all those things. So I, I actually liked it. I don't think it's something we should do every single weekend. Uh, but I wouldn't mind seeing a few of those here and there, uh, mm-hmm. especially if they could incorporate that into a dome situation because you could still pull off the darkness. You could still pull off all of the cool things. Uh, you know, the 38-degree track walk uh, wouldn't be an issue because we'd be inside. <laughs> right. <clears throat> you know, it's 7.30 a.m., so I would like to, to maybe move it to an inside stadium, but I, I really liked it overall. What do you think, Weege? Yeah, you know the schedule seemed crazy, but if you think about it, it's almost a mirror image of a of a typical national. Um, you know, so I think people could probably get used to it pretty quickly if they had to. I know it's got to be brutal. Uh, if you were from the West Coast and you flew in on Friday, it has to be brutal to be there at seven in the morning, which is four a.m. That is correct. West Coast time. That but that's, that's every national, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's and, yeah, and you don't get to sleep till late too because of the time change and everything else. So. That's what I mean. You'd have to go to bed at what would be the equivalent of, what, 7 p.m. your time? Yeah. Um, but it's not, again, something that everyone hasn't dealt with at every national since the beginning of time. So it's clearly doable. Um, I think it's good for a variety of reasons, except that one thing JT said. Like, there's just something about it being, to borrow an old WWF term. Oh, here we go. Saturday night's main event. Saturday night's main event. Saturday night. Saturday night's all right for fighting. You know, concerts are Saturday night. Yeah. Saturday no. night is big time. Like the main part of your day and what you're spending your time and money to go to is, right. you know, over before the night even begins does seem a little weird. There's a lot of practical advantages, yep. but like from almost an emotional hype standpoint, it's a little weird. Yeah, I felt the crowd was subdued, you know what I mean? And I think that's probably why. Um, yeah, not I, subdued. I think the crowd was a good size, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah sub- energy yeah. was subdued. Yeah, and, and, and yep. that's exactly it. Yeah, they're just it's not Saturday night, you know what I mean? Um we did this for TV, Fox Network, not Fox Sports, but Fox Network uh, gave us uh, or gave the Supercross folks um, some, some some time block. We do we know how ratings were or anything? Was there much? You're the TV guy on here, dude. I tried and uh, Chase Stallo as well. We have tried every avenue we can possibly come up with to try to figure out what these ratings were. Uh, there was even or is even the uh, the head of PR for the Fox Networks, who is normally pretty accommodating to us, giving us ratings from the cable side, uh, won't respond. I'm, I'm trying to get this info. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't understand. Why is this a state secret? It, I well, mean, I should just, because it's 
the sport of motocross and supercross. I should actually know the answer. To well, that. that's why. I you you've long come on here and told us, look, when the races are on CBS, um, it's a big big number, um, as opposed to speed or whatever. And so I imagine this is the same thing. This is a big number. There was a lead into the NASCAR race, so that was they were hoping that was going to help because gearheads would turn in early. Um, yeah. So it should be interesting. Yeah, I, mean, I just yeah. we've had live. Um, not to interrupt here, but when we have the three live motos a year on NBC. I mean, that's super random. It's literally three hours a year of the sports on NBC, so mm-hmm. you're not building any sort of a consistent audience. But even still, I think the audience is, I'm thinking, three to four times the size right. of when it's on, when it was on speed or now when it's on NBCSN, just to yeah. give you an idea. Um, NASCAR, by the way, because I'll always be able to speak about that now. Oh, yeah. No, their yeah. race was rained out Saturday night, so they had to move it to Sunday afternoon, and they had a huge rating. They got a three which was bigger than they had last year when it was a night race. And this is considering that it was, you know, moved to the date it wasn't supposed to be on. It was moved from the planned Saturday night to the unplanned Sunday, and the rating went up from last year. And NASCAR usually isn't going up these days. So now, on their side, they're starting to say, wait a minute, Saturday night doesn't work. You have to have the races in the daytime. So everyone's starting to stumble across this. Saturday night is a bad time for TV of any kind. Formula, yeah, and I think Supercross is figuring this out too. Yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. See what they yep. do. See what they do going forward from here. You know, as far as I think uh, there'll be more. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure there's gonna be more. I do. Yep. Um, yep. Well, let's Especially have Especially the West Coast, man. The West Coast is just a killer at those races. Your main event is starting at almost 1 a.m. Eastern. That's not good. No, no, it's tough. It, yeah, it's tough. It, you, yeah. you, you start. You tune in at 9 p.m. on the East Coast, or no, yeah, 10, 10. Sorry, 10 p.m. Um, you know, basically to start racing. Yep. So, it uh, yeah, it should be interesting to see what they go do going forward from here. What'd you do Saturday night, Weed? You were texting my wife. Um, we never made it over Sorry. though. What'd you do? <laughs> Are you sure she never made it over? Oh wow, well, yeah, actually, yeah. Wife, Saturday night. Um, yeah, I was out in New York City. I, I believe we all were, just in three different areas. Different areas. Yeah, you were yeah. you were in the Upper East Village or something? Well, yeah, I was. Uh, Racetracks did spring for hotels in New York City, but of course we weren't staying at Times Square or anything like that. So, <clears throat> but sometimes off the beaten path in New York is good. It's yeah, just, I yeah. Think it's too far for everybody else to come find us. Right, right, right. Um, yep. I was. I, I don't know about you two guys, but JT, we were talking too. I mean, by midnight, I was dead tired, which is, you know, what we talked about getting done early. JT, you said that you know how awesome that is, and I and I tend to agree with you. But I was done, dude. I, I had to get up at five thirty a.m. So it was it was one of those days. You know, yeah, it w- it was a long day, long night, um, mm-hmm. and you know, had it not been Manhattan, I probably would <clears throat> probably would have been in the same boat as you. But I just kind of fought through it because it was New York City. You regrouped. So it, been, is, it does make for a crazy long day, though. I'd been there since Wednesday, so I'd already had. Right. I was, right. I was, uh, yeah, it was tough, man. Um, all right, yeah. So, will you think you'll see more than Weege, more of these down the road? Yeah, I think so, and uh, I'm happy to see it. <clears throat> for me personally, I, I love the day race thing. I think it was great to be out of there early. I mean, for us working stiffs who literally don't start even typing their story until midnight or something, this is way better. But what I think is neither here nor there. The big thing is we complain all the time that they don't make changes in the sport for the better. If they're saying, hey, listen, we need to make changes to improve TV ratings, Sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean, really, that's the bottom line, isn't it? What were the ratings? What was the interest? How were the how were the dollars or whatever you know possible advertising yeah. dollars bringing in? That's the bottom line. 
So we'll, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I always try to remind everyone because fans that always rail on that and say, I don't give a crap about that. I just want good racing or whatever. TV ratings mean more sponsors for teams, and that means more rides for more privateers and more money for the riders. So don't knock it till you try it. There's, there's benefit all around. Energy drink companies would like to have more ratings on TV. They will pay more riders more money if that happens. Unfortunately, the same people will make the, the same people remain in charge who make decisions on riders and teams on who gets support. And then we end up with full page ads for riders who, you know, don't do very many races. So, so we still have those, we still have the same people in charge of making these decisions, but whatever. You know, I mean, that's true. But whatever. Uh, in the end, hopefully, maybe one of the things stick and, uh, and they make it happen. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the track. Uh, JT, very, very Seattle ish, very uh, old school, um, East Coast. Ruddy, soft, breaking down that kind of dirt. Yeah, it was, and that's <clears throat> you know that's always the risk with a outdoor East Coast race in the spring, uh, and we're going to face that again next year with New York and and Foxborough as well. So, I thought we have been pretty fortunate two years in a row that it's you know maybe not been ideal conditions, but it's still been somewhat sunny and racing like a typical Supercross. So. Uh, overall, uh, overall, it was tough, but I think it was also great to have a throwback type event because yeah. the way the tracks are now, they're almost all the same, hard pack and slippery and no, not much traction. So, uh, you know, it's unfortunate to see so many crashes, uh, but at the same time, man, it's nice to have some variety and, and mm-hmm. a little bit of change. But, you know, it just it, we've gotten away from that as the years have gone on. Yeah, JT, I mean, we were first racing Supercross I, as a mechanic and um, – you as a racer, I was, you know, 1997, 96, 97. There was massive changes in dirt texture from week to week, depending on where you were. And that's gone. These guys have figured it out. Whatever they're doing, wherever they're storing it, whatever they're adding to it, in the last three, four years, almost every track's the same. So this was nice. This was this, hey, guess what, guys? You can't do the triple every lap, you know? Yeah, it's definitely, definitely different. You know, the, the funny thing going into the weekend was, Looking at the track, it was almost identical to Indianapolis in 2012. And it's funny to me, and I don't know if I haven't paid enough attention before or if this is a change that they've made, but they're really, really using similar track maps, and they're kind of just replicating, okay, that was a, you know, they'll look at it and say, okay, that was a pretty decent one. Let's just use that again because uh, that was almost identical. There were a few changes, but 70% of the track was, to a T, the same track. How so. do you remember that? Does Chad tell you that? Who te- How do you know this? I raced it. Yeah, but still, how do you remember that? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, <laughs> memory, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I mean, just we, look at you, it and I'm like, oh, we, yeah, that's identical. We, I, I don't, it's just did, one of those things. Do you remember this, Weege? Do you remember this kind of stuff? I, uh, I didn't race it, so I probably wouldn't be burning my memory the same way. But still, like, you literally saw the track map, and it just struck your memory, and you said, oh. Yeah, 2012 Indy. Really? Well, I do, you know, this column called Staging Area where I really break the track down. I'm not familiar with that. I'm not familiar with that okay, column. Okay, well, either way you are now. Well, I really break the track down, so I start looking at sections, and then that's kind of when it strikes me. So I didn't just glance okay. at it and immediately think that, but when I started looking at it, and I'm like, whoops, and then this mm-hmm. and that, and then it kind of all starts to come together. And then once I get on that train of thought, and I'm like, holy cow, it's the same exact thing. So The... 
the turn before the triple, the left hander, just on flat ground like that. That's a prime spot for my nets. It's a prime spot for my bull berm and my nets right there because that corner is just lame. Just I thought there were a lot. There were a lot of passes there, though. There was just, there was some. Yeah, there was some guys. I, I mean, getting... on a track on on tracks now where passing is is a huge point of conversation. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was a there was there were quite a few. Guys would go outside. Guys would set each other up and cut across and make a block before the triple. Right. Uh, so I thought I thought it was actually a plus. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't that fun. Right. But as far as passing, it seemed like it it created a great opportunity. I don't know if I'd go that far, but there was a few passes there for sure. That's okay. I'll go there, and you can just yeah. hang back. Right. Exactly. Uh, Tomac won. Uh, Dun. Uh, Tomac won. Dungey second, and. Um, uh, sorry, uh, Sealy third. I thought Sealy was gone, Wage. I even t- I tweeted it. I talked about it. He did Houston all over again, where he got in the lead early. Andrew Short, a uh, whole shot again. And um, he was gone, man. He, four or five seconds, I thought it was over. And he's good at this stuff. So, you know what I mean? It wasn't like he was going to struggle, but he almost went down after the finish, almost went right over the berm uh, one lap. And then uh, slowly but surely, those guys got on their horse and they caught him. But I thought he was, was going to win it. Yeah, I did too, and I think that's a, a real sign of how far he's come where uh, that just seemed realistic. You know, when he's got the lead six or eight laps in, just because he's won that one race and had a pretty solid season, you that seems completely realistic in your mind. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, I, I mean, maybe Tomac or Dunge is a little bit quicker, but you just don't expect them to run him down. Now, that's pretty rare error. There's not many guys I think we would put in that category. Like, for example, let's say Shorty got the whole shot and led for six or eight laps. I don't know if we would have said, yep, no way they're catching Shorty tonight. No yeah. way. <laughs> right. no. There's only a few guys you can say that about. So to me, what it really crossed my mind was, I'm like, wow, Sealy has really become a guy. Where like, here I am at lap eight saying, 50-50 shot, he holds on to this, as opposed to no shot. But right. uh, it was almost interesting to see, and again, okay, there still is, although he did get that win earlier in the year, there still is a little bit of a, of a difference between the Dunge Tomac yeah. group, no, whoever I mean, else might be in that right now. It's still a little bit of a difference, they're it's si- impressive either way. They're six yeah. or seven, both guys, and they went one-two by the end of the race. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still superior, but Sealy's mm-hmm. uh, gotten close enough where it's just you you just don't know. It's right. like I said, 50, are they going to catch him or not, as opposed to guarantee they'll get him. Yeah, absolutely. Stamp yep. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. But even Sealy, I feel, is better than everybody else, you know, right now. Maybe Chad could give him a run, but Chad's been Chad's been so so and making mistakes. Didn't even race in New York; his shoulder was was sore. But um, I feel like Sealy's better than everybody else right now. Maybe Pike. You know, Pike's just God damn. He crashed again hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> that had to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's he, every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Just every weekend that guy crashes his brains out. <laughs> Gets up. He's fine. Good. Uh, fell in the main event, too. Got 10th. Anderson was on it, too. Fell uh, late, or probably about halfway or so. Got 9th. Anderson was riding well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the short tickle thing. Um, that was pretty gnarly. Shorty broke his, his, his kneecap, he says. He thinks from hitting the ground, putting his foot out, you know, stabbing the ground, and then like his tib-fib breaking it, he told me. And he had surgery. How long is he going to be out for, JT? Well, how long is that? I don't know. I think four to six weeks. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll see. I, I haven't. I've never done that. I've never had that injury personally, so I don't have a lot of personal experience. But you know who did have that uh, injury? Michael Essie. Yes, and it did not keep him down. 
Well, <laughs> depending on how you view it. <laughs> the enti- Mike broke it at high point, um, came back for, was it Thunder Valley the next week? Or did he miss another? Three weeks, I think. I think it was three total weeks. Okay, three total weeks. Comes back for Thunder Valley. Josh Grant makes sure that he, he shouldn't have came back. It, was, it wasn't great. Um, <laughs> the universe and all that. Um, and then so Tickle Tickle hits him from behind. I don't know. Do you know if Tickle did that? I mean, it's a, it's a source of debate on our group text between a Tickle fan and a short fan. But, um, I mean, Andrew thinks it was when Brock hit him, but it wasn't Brock who did it. Do we, we kind of know what happened at all? Uh, I talked to Tickle. Um, he thought that Short, I guess Short hesitated heading toward the face of that triple, and he thought he wasn't going to triple. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, uh, Tickle changed his line a little bit because he figured he'd hit him in the air or maybe even land on him. Mm-hmm. And then, then chaos just completely ensued. And Tickle said that his plan was get as close as he could over that jump, get as close as he could in the corner, and try to get a run on him for yeah. the whoops. Because his so last lap. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was going for it. So it meant he was extra, extra close. Right. To him and saw short bobbling, chaos ensued. Ah, uh, R.I.P. Yeah. Andrew Short right now. That sucks. Uh, but look, more hole shots for everybody else, right? <laughs> um, the uh, Josh Grant Chad Reed thing was weird. There was only two practices, by the way, and I don't know if you, everyone I talked to they either told me it was awesome, they brought it up on their own, or when I asked them, they brought it up and said it was awesome. I don't know about you two guys, but every rider seemed to like the. The dropping of one practice. All right, perfect. Thanks. I, well, I didn't talk to anyone, but I, I personally think it's think it's. I don't think these guys need it. Yeah. Uh, especially this late in the season, these guys have been racing these tracks over and over and over for four or five months. They, they pick it up. Uh, pretty quick. You know, maybe yeah. if you have a, a newcomer to the East Coast Series or something like that, it's a good thing. But I, I think, by and large, everyone is just you know, trying to get through these days because everyone's dealing with some sort of injury by now mm-hmm. and just trying to get these races going and and done. So I yeah. don't think it's really a necessity at this point. The They should give the 250 East Coast guys six or seven practices, I think, <laughs> judging on what we've seen the last few years. But, I'm sure um, you won't hear anything about that. Uh, all right, so Chad and Grant didn't race the second practice. Weed, you went over and asked them, right? And what would you get? I'm not nearly as respected, I learned this weekend, as a uh, true journalist, uh, as you are. That's what I found. Um, you were getting real answers to real questions. I was just getting jokes. <laughs> you were like, you, you were trying to, both of us were trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah, yeah. the 2-2 two, the two guys were literally like, it, they might as well give them a stool, like a wall behind them, a glass of water. It was comedy club night. A brick wall, a brick wall, like the... Um, yeah, you know, like uh, at, uh, you know, the standard, like, 1992 comedy club right, right. background. Um, yeah, it was, uh, we didn't bring enough race gas, so we couldn't do all the practices. Um, we forgot it was a daytime race. Uh, it's Davo's fault because he always highlights our practices, and he didn't have a highlighter this weekend, so he didn't know when to practice. Um, right. New strategy, but no real answers. I, I was told that Josh was sick and Chad's shoulder was sore, Josh probably won't race, but Chad will be on the line. So that worked out. That's, that's, that's exact, exactly opposite of what worked. Uh, JT, is Chad's injury serious? What do we know? Is it going to keep him out for oh, – I mean, I don't – when you hurt your shoulder and you got an outdoor series coming up, that's that's not a good combo. 
Yeah, it's probably not ideal. Uh, we'll see. Um, I know he's coming this weekend. Uh, hopefully he can ride. You know, I haven't, I think he was supposed to get an MRI, but uh, I don't know that that happened. And, uh, I'm just going to wait and see right now. Um, I know, you know, the things he's doing like therapy wise to try to race this weekend, uh, indicate to me that it's not an injury that's going to just keep him out for the summer or anything, or else he wouldn't be doing these things. He would know he was in a bad way. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I mean, uh, he's not missing a, a race like this for, you know, because... Well, no, yeah. I think it was obviously an issue where he, he didn't feel like it was in his best interest to race on the weekend. I'm just more worried about the summer than anything, yeah. and him doing these therapy things uh, are generally not something where it's like, oh, yeah, we're out for summer. It's more like, man, I just want to be able to race this weekend. You know, the summer's fine. He wasn't hung over, was he? No. Okay. No, definitely not. All right. Um... Grant got seventh, so good job by him racing. Chiz eighth. Weeds Chiz has been riding better the last few weeks. He's he's been on the verge of the top ten. He's been in the top ten, you know, for the last few weeks, and then got, got nipped at the end by somebody. And finally this week, he's got his starts better than ever. Like when was the last time you were like, oh look at Chiz with the start? He, he didn't really happen too much, and he, so he's riding better. Yeah, there's two things I think at work here. Uh, first of all, uh, somebody said I think. Chiz tweeted somewhere along the way, maybe eight or ten rounds in, you know, still getting used to the bike. And then one of us, I can't remember which one it was, was saying, dude, it's been eight weeks. That's ridiculous. Stop making excuses. You're used to the bike. Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. yeah. So apparently he did uh, get more no, used to the bike. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to hear I'm still getting used to the bike. I don't want to hear that as the reason. Did you tell him that this weekend when you guys were hanging out? Uh, I did not tell him. I told him that last weekend or two weeks ago. I'm like, come on, bro. Come on, bro. And then he gave me, you know, Chiz. He likes to talk. You know, he's very – so it was 15 minutes later he was still describing how he was getting used to the bike. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a talker. Yeah, he is. Great sure. guy. Great guy. As, <laughs> yeah. as we, the worst thing could possibly happen to Kyle was that, you know, the, his injury where he got the, 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 the breathing – what is that thing called? Where you put it down your throat where you had to breathe? You know, when he crashed in Houston and he jacked up his vocal – Yeah, he messed up his vocal cords. Right. Yes. Thanks, yeah. thanks, both of you, for jumping in and saving me. On I don't, that. I don't know the medical term for it. Sorry. Okay. Uh, right. Well, you're not a doctor. <laughs> There's a lot of no. doctors in the pits. You're not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> That's a favorite subject of yours. It is. It is. <laughs> have, you, have you guys heard uh, Pike's new trainer? His name is Dr. J, basketball guy, coming in. Oh, really? Tra- yeah, he's a trainer. Um, so, hey, you know, Chiz, is this not the perfect example? Uh, I think Josh Grant was the same way. Once they actually realize they're going to be riding decent, then suddenly the crappy starts start to turn around. It's like, hey, you know what? Right. Let me let me see what happens if I start ace. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And suddenly they start doing it. No, I mean, look, yep. Grant, Chiz, uh, Nick, Ben LeMay, they're putting in good results, but it, it's a thin field right now. But whatever. You can only control what you can control, right? Um, uh, McElrath raced. I was surprised. He had to go to the LCQ, and, and, you know, he didn't look great all day. Times practice was okay. I have a lot of respect for Shane uh, as a rider and everything. I think he's going to be, you know, a very good racer here shortly, a championship title contender. I was a little surprised that it took him, you know, he didn't do as well as I thought. What Did you, either one of you two talk to him, or what did you guys think? Well, I, I talked think... to him after practice. Yeah, go ahead, JT. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say quickly, I think that your – not giving enough credit because in the heat, he almost got in really, really close. Like he was in the mix. And then in the semi, he got caught up in the first lap 
drama. Uh, so I think the qualifying would have been much better. Uh, in the semi, if he didn't get caught up in the problems, he would have easily made, now, it, made now, it. I watched the race again, but wasn't he in qualifying spot in the semi and he tipped over? I thought he got caught up on first some start. I think he did, but then he came up. I thought he came through the pack, got into qualifying spot, and then di- tipped it over. Oh, I didn't. I don't remember okay. that. All but right. I, I feel like his his speed was right. much better than those qualifying results showed. Yeah. All right. Um, what? Weed? You talk to him? Yeah, I talked to him after the first practice, which we can now all agree is called the first practice in this format. And uh, he said he felt horrible, but then he watched the video and said, oh, no, that doesn't look so bad. <laughs> it's not so bad. I think uh, he had the perfect combination of it being his first 450 race and that really gnarly track. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's got to make you pump up and tighten all this stuff. So I think you got to give him a – it's hard to judge. I give him a free pass. I'm mulligan is that regardless. The, is that your Jeep in the background? I'm always, I'm always somewhere involving cars. It's either a racetrack or a car dealership. It's the way I roll. No one would try to steal the Jeep. No, <laughs> good point. No one's, trying. no one's stealing an orange Jeep. It would be easy to spot if someone took it. Right, right. Um, all right, anything else from the fourth? Uh, Barsha. Barsha. Oh. Well, again, like we talked about last week, last week he hole shot in Santa Clara and dropped back before crashing. This week he didn't get a, quite a good a start. Um, but there's no doubt, Weege. It's it's he's struggling right now. I mean, look, his crash wasn't really crash wasn't really except you know Baggett was caught him from behind and was all over him, but it's not going well. Now uh, I know that you know there's still you can still hang the injury thing there. And again, I think I've even said this before. I hate like he could have just said I'm waiting to the nationals. So then he comes back when he didn't have to to try to race his way into shape and get gate drops. So I don't want to suddenly criticize that when we're like, well, these guys should race. That's what they're paid to do. Okay. So I understand that. I get like, come back early, he hangs himself out there a little bit. But, yeah, I know where you're going, and I totally agree. Right. At this point, there should maybe be some signs maybe. of improvement well, maybe. or something. <laughs> maybe I just um, have more respect for his ability. Yeah, I did pick him to challenge for the title two years ago. But um, I don't know. What do you think, JT? He just doesn't look. He doesn't look like good. He doesn't look that good either. Like as far as like, oh man, like he looks like herky jerky to me. He looks like he he gasses it too much, um, hits the gas too hard, gets out of shape, gets sideways, rebounds. You know, he doesn't look great on the track on this on this thing. Well, he had that huge get off in the first practice. Yeah, and I honestly thought, well, he's done. Oh really? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I. I well, it was a pretty nasty one, and you could tell he was kind of holding his hip, pelvis area. Uh, so I'm like, oh, because he landed kind of right on it. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, he's mm-hmm. just, he's going to pack it in, which I didn't really blame him, because he's really nothing to gain at this point. Right. Uh, but he went, I mean, he didn't even pull out of that practice. He got right back out there. So I was happy to see that. Uh, it just kind of showed that he wanted to be there, wanted to ride, uh, because I think at this point in the season, when you have nothing to be out there for, that's always in question. But I will agree with you that he doesn't look like a race-winning contender at the moment, uh, which he, we've seen in past years from him. Uh, you know, he's kind of gone backwards in the couple races he's been back for. The Blake Baggett crash with him, that wasn't his fault at all. No. And he could have very easily been injured again in that. Uh, so I think he's dodged a couple bullets um, in, just in the limited time we've seen him back. So... I don't know. I'm still reserving judgment because it's he did miss significant time 
but having said that, it, we really haven't seen much good. Uh, we haven't seen much good from him. No, you know, whole, no. Starts have been okay, but it hasn't been good after that. Will uh, Will they bench yeah. Will they bench him for Nicoletti? No. Okay. We just like, this is the issue. It has been a long time since Barsha's had a really good moment. And it even goes, I mean, last year wasn't good either. Now, for a variety of reasons, he left the team, Honda, so he's going to clearly claim it was the bike. But it just, his last really good moment is really starting to fall way back in the rearview mirror, and that's kind of troubling. Yeah. Uh, Devin Raper made his first main event. Congrats to that, to him. He was also... He's got that unfortunate last name. So, uh, Tevin Tapia made another main. Uh, this is the world we live in. Dusty Pipes rode well. JT, did you notice Pipes coming up from behind in the semi and getting it in there? Pipes putting it in pipes? Just, I saw him back there. Dude. And I was watching Ronnie, and then I was panning up to his crowd and then back down. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, he's fine. He's got right, it. You right. know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just wrong, but I pictured him being able to either pull away from or maintain over Dusty Pipes. Mm-hmm. And clearly, no. uh, Dusty had something to say about that. Oh, Pipes so, did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great move for, from Pipes. And I, I'm a little, you know, I was a little let down from Stewart with that, you know, the crowd there. And he's, I mean, he's just got to go for it. He can't allow that to happen. So, <laughs> what about the. He ki- did get in the main event, which yeah. all was fine. But in that moment, man, you got you to man up there. Weech, Candyman told us before the race uh, that he's getting away from dirt candy team doing his own thing. Is he still the candy man? Mm-hmm. Do we still call him the candy man? How does that work? I think we do. He actually did address that with us. Uh, I think, I think he knows that he doesn't have much control over nicknames. You know, that's always been controlled on the outside. Mm-hmm. I think he was insinuating that he would prefer to not be the candy man anymore. Oh, you no think longer you want to be with the team. Oh. oh, but I think he knows that he can't dictate that. It was nice to see all those fans there and everything, all this cheering session. That was cool. And they were legitimately freaking out every time. Yeah. Like, it was impressive. Yeah. Right. It wasn't just like, oh, hey, look, a bunch of people in shirts. No, no, no. They were freaking out over Ronnie Stewart. No, it was good. Yeah. It was good. You ever have that, JT, at, like, Ocala or Ocala or Hard Rock? No. No, I never really had that. Uh, I feel like that's that's not – that doesn't really happen for really anyone. <laughs> I mean, the Seven Deuce Deuce is getting a little bit of that, but – yeah. I don't think you see that for anyone other than maybe some elite level guys. So maybe it's cool. Weege, just the Jersey fans, right? Jersey. Best in the world. <laughs> Best in the world. Yep. That's uh, never been world. said before. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. BTOsports.com. Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Listen to this commercial from Race Tech. And uh, we'll be right back to talk a little bit of 250s and uh, a little bit more uh, on the. Uh, on the James Stewart thing. So stick around. We'll be right back. Use this code to save money at Racetech. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Racetech, people. Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru, I guarantee you, eh, probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, 
Or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech, I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Racetech? Go to PulpMX. 2015 when you order you can save 10 percent at racetech.com and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast and we thank you guys all right back to the show and we're back btosports.com racer x podcast presented by fox racing 250 class uh Weege, on a scale of one to ten how surprised were you that marvin made a run at bogle and and took the lead and won and like i just thought he would check up I guess Bogle made more mistakes and that Bar- Marvin almost didn't have a chance or choice, you know, but impressive by Marvin again. Yeah, I'd say in a 1 to 10, 10 being he's going to go for it, I would have gone 4. I right. Been, right. Yeah. And uh, he got close to him, I don't know, maybe 4 or 5 laps in. Yep. Three, and there was four, this yeah. line that he was using in the loops that was all the way in the left. And I ask riders about this all the time, and it shows the difference between them and, and mortals like myself. I always say, Dude, when you run that extreme left or right side, you know if the bike swaps two inches, you're done. Do you worry about that? And every time I ask riders, they like literally don't even understand the question I'm asking. <laughs> like they just know that's not going to happen. Um, I saw him over there, and I'm like, man, if he hits one edge wrong, he's done. He's going to crash in the whoops. Right. And then he actually stopped doing that, and then backed it down. And I'm like, okay, he figured it out. And then five laps later, he's in the lead. I was really. Yeah. Not expecting that to happen. Yeah. The gap, JT, the, the points thing is 20. Marvin won the title by 23 points, which isn't that much in the grand scheme of over the years of what guys have, have, have won titles by. Yep. But years from now, people are going to see 23 points and be like, oh, man, that must have been a good battle. Bogle gave him a good run. But it, it Justin rode well, no doubt about it. But there was never any doubt this was Marvin. Well, when you win six races and then you get second in the other two, that doesn't really leave much much doubt, in my opinion. Yeah. Do you so, think, should we call Ping? Points, should we call Ping? Uh, I think Ping probably knows that he was wrong <laughs> at this point. So we'll just leave him out of it. He can waller in his own, you know. Poor, poor Ping. Incorrect. At J-Mart. I'll he leave. started it. Oh, he yeah. started it. I know. But and I'm sure he knows. So You're not going to yeah. finish him like Drago? You're not going to finish him? No, because I fear Ping's wit too much. Right. Uh, I'm a little bit scared of starting a, a battle of that with him. Uh, but I feel like he just he knows. Right. So. Right. He knows. Uh, Score, scoreboard. Having said that, scoreboard. Um, right. We called Marvin. You know, I, I feel like I was very, very gung ho on Marvin just having an easy run at this. And I don't think he really had an easy run. But at the same time, when you look at the results, man, he really kind of waited and waited to these guys. So. Yeah. Uh, very, very impressive by him. He didn't, I don't want to say he just crushed everyone because I don't feel like he was just, you know, winning by 30 seconds in a lot of these races. But at the same time, to doubt that he was ever in control would be an oversight as well. Weege, uh, Savachi-Martin battle was good. Not always, not always legal or not always clean, I guess I should say, <laughs> but it was good. Yeah, I got a little intel there, uh, uh, we were lucky enough to have Kenny Watson sitting next to us in the press box. And uh, 
they both ride at Carmichael's place. So I think Kenny said, yeah, they don't necessarily get along. And I got a little more insight from um, RC himself. I saw him after the race, and he just kind of said, yeah, that it's like a weird deal. Like, they ride there together, but it's not on purpose. Like, they operate at a separate race shops or garages. They ride at different times of the day. They're not buddies at all. This is not Dunge and Marvin motoing down with all the and, and, It's the and, and exact it, opposite of that. And then arm in arm and wearing Mon Ami shirts, and, and they're not, that's yeah. not what they're doing? <laughs> no, no. It's like, I have to ride here, and you have to ride here, because it's where we train. I don't like it. You don't like it. Let's just stay away. So then I think you saw that spilling over. Um, and for what I heard, I think Savaji, Savaji's, you know, I think he's kind of a salty guy. He's got some personality on him, and you think that J-Mart is, Oh, these guys from Minnesota, he's just a super nice guy. From what I heard, it's it's not all Savachi. It's 50-50. They, they both have their issues with each other. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's like I hate the stereotype. I assumed when I heard that, I'm like, yep, J-Mark, just nicest guy in the world. Can't be him. Mm-hmm. No, it's, right. they're, they're both that way with each other. Well, look, I like Savachi too, but JT, you, you know, there was some – it was a little dirty by Savachi. Yeah, it was uh... – I honestly felt like it was a bit of desperation because I felt like J-Mart's pace was higher. Oh, for sure. Yeah, without and a doubt. And Savachi was just doing everything he possibly could to hold him back, which on one hand I commend him for fighting for it, but at the same time if I was J-Mart, I probably would have knocked him into the city. I would have aimed for Manhattan. Well, I think maybe, that, you know, maybe Midtown. I think that was the uh, plan and, after the whoops. That was the plan. <laughs> After the whoops. Yeah, I was a little shocked, though, that he didn't make it happen sooner. Because right. I feel like in Supercross, if you really want to make contact, it's very easy because mm-hmm. riders have to leave the door open many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, there would have, yeah, as I said, there would have been severe contact immediately after that the I mean, move where he kind of sideswiped him. When he pushed him off the track and J-Mart raced yeah. down the concrete, he was in, you know, two to three seconds back, and he caught up right away again. You know what I mean? In case you right. were in case and you were did, wondering, and I would have said right. that lap, right? That lap, there would have been extreme contact. <laughs> right, right. It was exciting though. It's good for us in the press box. Good times. It um, was good times. I just I was a little disappointed that Jamar didn't. Right. And I feel like he does that quite a bit. He's, he doesn't ever uh, basically come back when people. I've seen it happen to him a few times where people have roughed him up a little bit, mm-hmm. and he just doesn't respond accordingly. And I feel like. If you do that too much, people know that and take advantage of it. You just have to, you know, with nothing right. to lose in that spot, you just got to light them up. Well, there was the the Web J Mart Thunder Valley battle where Martin was as much responsible for running him off the track as Webb was doing it to him. So that was good. Right. But yeah, um, it was good though. Joey got it. Good job, Joe Dog. Uh, RJ got fifth. RJ Hampshire got fifth. I asked him after the race, "What did you learn?" about Supercross this year in your rookie year, and he goes, it's harder than it looks. <laughs> I thought that was just, you know, that was pretty pretty good. So, uh, Kyle Peters with a sixth. Weed, you know I have I had my eye on I've had my eye on Kyle Peters. You know that. Oh, yeah, he was very special. Had something special. Yeah, had something special. Yep. Uh, season, yeah. be- season best. You know what I think you see on the East? There's a lot of every year. The East, and I'm not trying to stir any controversy. Oh, here, here we go. The East just. It's just never as deep as far as factory guys as it is in the West. There's just mm-hmm. more teams, more spots. Yeah. Just, just start with the Troy Lee team, and if any factory team has three guys, they always put two on the uh, on the West, like Star Racing did. So, well, they had Rodriguez. That's right. But my point is, it's always a little deeper. So you have more guys trying to prove themselves. Right. Are, you know, good privateers like Dakotas can go fast, Olmberg can go fast, um, Jace Owen has gone fast. Uh, who, who, who else? Colt Nichols. Uh, Peter's Cunningham, it just goes on and on. Um, you really 
privateers is the consistency is the problem. Well, None of them can do it for more than two or three races a year. That's always the issue. Yeah. Moing, freeze, they're all in and out. Three uh, good races. Jimmy D had a bad practice crash, so he was he was half himself. He's uh, not going to race this weekend. He hurt a sternum. I think he had a cracked sternum. Yeah, actually. he said he said he thinks he does. So, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, bummer for Jimmy D because you know those are his peeps. Um, good thing Anthony Rodriguez was there for the press conference on Thursday at Grand Central Station. Telemundo was there, and A Rod speaks Spanish. So good job, Denny Hartwig, for that. We we can we can appeal to anybody. We have Spanish Spanish speaking riders. We have women riders. We have German yeah. German people. <laughs> Kenny was we there. We had a good laugh at that press release, folks. We, we did headline by new champion Ryan Dungey, female racer Vicky Golden, and Spanish speaking rider Anthony Rodriguez. Those are your. We got everything you want, media. We yeah. got it all. Whatever whatever you need, we have it. <laughs> by the way, we uh, Cycle Trader would be pissed at you because they have three 250 guys and they put two of them on the East Coast. So good job. I thought you okay. were I yeah, thought you were right. team manager of them for a little bit. You should know this. Yeah, and plus they're Jersey guys too. Yeah, yeah. There's a Dario and Two Red. Jersey guys. Yeah, Reslin. Yeah. What do you guys think of Reslin's year, JT? What do you think of his year? I don't know how much you've watched him, but he wears X brand goggles. I do the goggles, so I pay a little more attention to him. What do you think? He wears fly racing as well, so yep, he does. consider me all in. Okay. If you have to, if you have to uh, watch every, good. if you he have some, hold on, some great hold rides. On. I have a job. Uh, he Never did. Mind. He was in seventh or eighth uh, a couple rounds ago and mm-hmm. lost two spots on the last lap. Mm-hmm. So that kind of uh, it just took away from what could have been a you know stellar ride. Still, the ride was fine. It just on the results page, it wasn't as uh, you know, didn't stand out as much. But I thought he was fine. I think his starts are not great. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, it's really holding him back. But you know, rookie year, um, I don't think there was a lot of expectation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, overall, I thought it was fine. Uh, I'm interested to see what he does outdoors because I thought he was, you know, he was getting top 15s and stuff last year, which was great. But yeah, overall, I thought it was I thought it was fine. You know, he, did, he didn't get on the podium or, or really just turn people's heads too much. But yeah. uh, top ten is is very just, commendable for for sure, guy. He just missed out on the top ten by like two points. So for the series, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah, yeah. Saying individual races um, for him to be up there multiple times was was good. Weege, can you imagine JT says he watches wrestling because he's a fly guy? JT, if he if you have to keep up on all the fly riders, I don't. Oh. I, I mean, <laughs> oh. good luck. Keeps me busy. <laughs> well, you got Alex, Man. and you picked up Alex Ray too. That was good. You guys were lacking in privateers, so good job. Hey, uh, a guy, a guy says, "Hey, can you help us out?" What am I going to say? No, that's what we do. <laughs> you just help. You're a helping that's hand. What we do, right? Um, all right. Hey, let's. Uh, anything else about two fifties, or you want to move on to Stu? We we got to hurry up because you you got a meeting or something. So, um, yep. Stu, Stu's appeal denied. JT, you thought we'd see him at Hangtown, you know, not not by any sources or anything, just a feeling you had. He was certainly motoing down, um, if you could judge by social media. But uh, I gotta say, I'm surprised. I, I mean, I'm surprised at the ori- I'm surprised at the original penalty. I'm surprised it took them so long to announce it. I'm surprised that his appeal got denied. So maybe I should stop being surprised, Weege. Yeah. Um... I, I understand his defense. I think is that it was handled poorly on their side. There was zero education at all about how this works. And I'll actually turn to you, JT. At any point in your the drug testing here at the FIM and Supercross has actually been going on for years. Was there ever a meeting ever for riders that you recall about how this even works? Because that's James's defense. There was, was a there ever one. one. 
For not for not for Supercross though. Right. Yeah. For USADA. Right. right. So what he no. failed was the FIM Supercross test. Was there ever a hey we're bringing drug testing here's how it works meeting ever that you recall? I don't want to be the end all source of information right. on that, but not that I can recall ever. No. Did Cliff yeah, Noble, did, did Cliff yeah. Nobles ever pull anybody in to discuss <laughs> the WADA? You know. Well, we're going to have, have never has there ever we're going to have a drug test. <laughs> on, you know, on, we do we do get the, the FIM code, the WADA code, uh, and we right. are forced to sign that uh, to get our license. So to say we don't have the information is, is inaccurate, but at the same time, okay. are we ever pulled in and, and er, that broken down? I, say, I would say no as well. Uh, yeah, and I think that all aligns with this. I think James's excuse is, is it's obviously not valid because he got suspended, so his excuse didn't hold up in court two times now. Yeah. But I think that was his defense, which is, look, I didn't deny I was doing this. I wasn't claiming I was doing it to cheat. I wasn't trying to get away with it. I literally didn't know. And once I did know, I went through the steps to get the TUE, and you even granted it. So if you had just done a better job of telling me in advance, this would yeah, have been fine. It's a little... And, and that's no excuse. And it's yeah. Because, again, yeah. he was found guilty. But I think between that the lack of education and the unbelievable amount of time that this takes. Okay, we're supposed to find out April 15th. We find out two weeks later. The original thing took forever. It is unfortunate that they really screwed up a lot of things on their end, but there's no penalty for that. Like, ah, oh, well, we screwed up, sorry, or whatever. Yeah. Um, they didn't ridiculous. quite do it as well as they could have. It's, it's ridiculous. The whole thing's ridiculous. But, yep, what are you going to do? Stu's out. So I guess we'll see if he races those last two nationals. Which JT? No, I, w- I asked Suzuki. They said he wouldn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say JT. If I bet, I'd say no. You're not coming back for two for two nats. You know. So. Um, yeah, and that's unfortunate. I mean, I feel like the sport as a whole loses in this whole deal. Uh, yeah, it's just there, yeah. there's really nothing good that comes from Stu being out, unless you are a title contender. Maybe you're maybe you're <laughs> right. a bit relieved. You don't have to deal with Stu, but everyone else loses in this case. Yeah. No, Stu's out. Um, yeah. I said it when it started, though. I think the overall case is, hey, these are normally 24-month penalties. How could you say we're not cutting you a break? We made it 16, which just really underlines these all the penalties, all the testing isn't fitting the sport that's being used for, and that's the problem. What James did was wrong, and he got his penalty. I'm not saying he was innocent or shouldn't be penalized, but it is unfortunate that they didn't really teach the riders much. And the if, penalties don't fit the sport much. If and only that's what he was stuck with. If only we could all get the teams and promoters and riders together, and and get you know decide on its own penalty for failed drug test and pay for drug testing, you know, for somebody to do the blood testing and and the pee testing, and we decide as a whole collective. Oh wait, that'll never happen. Never mind. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, no. next up, I'm going to go to my backyard on my unicorn and pick some money out of my money tree. <laughs> so that's the whole that's the whole thing. Like in the other sports where they have unions, you know, they pretty much said, "No, a two year penalty is ridiculous. That's stupid. Let's right. make it four games or six games. Whatever." And, and everyone said, "You know what? You're right. It doesn't work for football. Let's change it to four games or yep. six games. Yep. That's what needs to be done here." Yeah, but it won't happen. So, yep. uh, wrapping yep. this thing up, BTOSports.com, RacerX Podcast. We're doing a arena cross show. Weed, you're going back to your roots this Friday, uh, <laughs> South Point Casino. Are you guys showing up because? I hate to tell you this, but none of us are getting paid. So, I'll be there. Jake, I'm just going to build you. There. I'm not worried about Feld. I'm just going to build you. 
Weed, you're not getting paid to do this. And Pulp and X show, come on. A Pulp and X production, it says at the beginning of these. And truthfully, you will be probably carrying most of the, the load because you are a professional announcer. So just FYI on that. Now, are we actually on during the racing, like calling the racing? We haven't decided that, but one of the big wigs at Feld said, are you guys going to, you guys are going to call the racing, right? And I, I was in an elevator and I felt trapped and cornered like a Wolverine. And I went, yep. <laughs> this is crazy on so many levels, including the one of a big wig at Feld is completely endorsing <laughs> you coming and running the show at one of their races. Right? What's happened to these people? What's gone on? I think you just found your calling. Arena Cross is just scorched earth. They'll just take any, just anything. We don't care even if it's massive. Please, <laughs> just it. please help us. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, pulpamexshow.com this Friday night, six to whatever Pacific time. Weege, JT, myself. Uh, I'm sure we'll get different guests and people coming by. So that should be exciting. Um, I will buy you yeah. guys some some drinks and hot dogs at, on pulp, but. Oh, whatever. We were going to go anyway, and it's like, what? I'd rather sit there hanging out talking to you guys than just sit there in the stand. So Chances are, too, I don't know if you guys have been watching this Arena Cross series on TV, but there should be some exciting shit going, out, going down. Like, th- this is weekly, these guys. Well, it's for yeah. the title, too. I know. Hayes? Yep. Yeah, two guys are tied. It's and, and going to be high drama. And Gerke has a good chance, also. He's six, only six back, so crazy right, stuff could right. happen. So. All right, everybody, uh, BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. This is the New York Supercross wrap-up, James James Stewart, and Arena Cross Talk. All right, thanks, guys. See you. See ya. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. 
Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride and you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years come.